Someone's banging on our door. Let's hope we don't get murdered. We will. It's fine. It's almost Valentine's Day. It's about time. And then they're going to cut out our deaths for being too gruesome from the movie. Welcome back to the Shaken Not Scared podcast. Here with you as always, your host, Eric and Vivi. Today we're going to be talking about the 1981 film My Bloody Valentine, directed by George Mayhalka. But before we get into that, how are you, Vivi? I'm sticky. Why? This drink is very sticky, and then we spilled like half of it before starting. It's a great start. It's a good time here. <laughs> how are you, though? I'm fine. It's like two days after Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day, listeners. Happy Valentine's Day. I was actually going to say it's Loki's birthday, but yes. Yes, as of recording, though, it's Loki's second birthday. Yay, he's two years old now. He's a grown old man he is still insane he will be for a long time if not forever we're also officially licensed bartenders we had to do 20 drinks under nine minutes vivi beat me we should get a competition going we should do a live and do a contest we should do like a taste and speed that'd be fun fuck it just yelling yeah and then just have people in the comments say now make this that's not how you make that what did you watch for creepy content this week i finally watched revenge i think i've mentioned a million times on the show that i don't really like rape revenge horror i had heard super great things about this one so i was like okay let me check it out some pretty good things some crazy gore effects that are pretty good storyline was meh it was okay it was just okay every time i came outside it looked like michael bay filmed it like transformers the first one just huge emphasis on sweaty people and dirty people yeah like the sun in the desert type of vibe glistening skin yeah everyone's got a tan yeah it was interesting should i watch it i think it's a good watch i did say that the part that i thought was super funny was that there's a point where the woman is in the desert and she has a terrible wound and she has to cauterize her own wound and she uses a beer bottle. The logo of the beer bottle is like imprinted on her stomach like a tattoo. And I was like, I don't think that would happen. You know, this makes more sense now. I think the day that we were talking about it, I pictured a beer can and I was like, why the fuck would the logo... Oh, it was a can. Oh, was it? You said bottle. Okay, because I was like, if it was a bottle, that makes sense. If it's engraved, you know how some bottles have that texture to them. If it's a can, that shit doesn't make any sense. It was a can. Fucking stupid. For that reason alone, I will not watch it. Just okay. Kidding. Just kidding. I'm going to watch it for that reason alone. Got to check out that scene. Yes. What do you have for creepy content? We watched Final Destination 3 with What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie and Fly Over State of Fear. Yeah, Joe, Travis, and Jess joined us. Last week, we were trying to watch Midsummer, the director's cut, but we couldn't find it. We also underestimated the fact that it's only available either through Apple TV or pre-order on the A24's website. So we bought it. We will have that Midsummer director's cut live, but in the meantime, we watched Final Destination 3, which is fun. I fucking love those movies. Yeah. I had not seen those in a very long time. I don't remember a lot. Eric kept remembering the kills before they would come on and spoiling them for the rest of us. Just kidding. We've all seen them. <laughs> well, because there's just so many of them. And I was like, is this the one where this happens? And they're like, yeah, that's this that's one. And next. I was like, what about this one? And they're like, yeah, that's this one. And I was like, what about this death? And they're like, no, actually, that's the fourth one. <laughs> you got one. You keep saying that the DVD is available for pre-order, but I think it's just order. So if you want to get a copy, you can just get it now. What I meant by pre-order was just like, you have to order it. Oh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought you meant like it's not out yet. You have to get on pre-order. Yeah, there's just a giant wait list for... Everyone wants more. Pre-ordering the post-order of the order. Yes. Of a movie that came out three years ago. Yes. <laughs> God, three years ago, I feel like 2019 was like last year still. I feel like that movie is still playing right now because it's, it's just going. that long. <laughs> You're not wrong. 
Final Destination, though. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> we skipped straight to the third one because... It's the earliest one available on streaming before having to like rent the other two. It's on Netflix. I think four or five are on there, too. Yeah, but it also seems to be a fan favorite. I believe everyone in the group was like, this is my favorite one. Oh, yeah, I told you my traumatic story. I'll save it for when we cover Final Destinations. I just live my day-to-day just thinking about how death could kill me with everything. Yeah, I think those films traumatize the whole generation, so we should cover them eventually. I'm looking at the mouse on my computer right now, and I'm like, hmm battery flies out of nowhere because it's old and explodes and then the battery cover just lodges in my throat which is about as crazy as those movies are the most impossible things yeah what do you have for comfort content finally got to season three of what we do in the shadows i just really love that show it's just so fun to have on we were talking about how guillermo is like one of the best latino mexican characters we've seen in like the horror genre like we don't see a lot of them first off no we're always like the cleaning lady or curandero who's weird because he cracks eggs on people's faces it. he's just there to help the white people that's all they literally can't function without him yeah while that is also guillermo's role he has his own story and it's not just like a joke that he's latino he just is and again we just haven't seen that in anything really kind of sad if you know of a show or movie that has that please recommend it to us yeah i was talking about los spookies with some folks online that's also another one that because it's in spanish maybe doesn't get as much hype as it should that's another one that i think you should check out it's pretty funny fred armison's in it if you like him yes he is fucking love fred armison He's so weird. Such a weird guy. What drink do you have for us today? Okay, I'm excited about this one. It looks very bloody. I like it. It looks really cool. It's melting. I think I'm going to call this one the heart-shaped box for obvious reasons. There's a lot of heart-shaped box in this. I did this like candy coating on the rim of the glass. It looks super cool, but I don't recommend because it's super sticky. There is Canadian whiskey. I would recommend if you want to be super Canadian to go with crown apple, Canadian whiskey, dark rum, pomegranate juice, pomegranate liqueur, apple juice, lime juice among other little things Damn. that we will all list this drink's not even that big <laughs> what the fuck? oh yeah it's very small measurements of oh okay each. just killing us yeah i was like wow this drink's not even that much it's also very hyper red like it looks like a melted candy yay that's what i was going for i'm just disappointed that the coating is supposed to harden and it looks like it's still running so cool for the gram not practical in real life mm. You could serve this at a pop-up, like a horror pop-up, and then people are just going to be chewing on the cups. Cheers. Link. Stuck together. <laughs> Stuck together. That tastes like a candy. It does taste like a candy. I wonder if it's the rim. I need a straw to get past the rim I've created. It is heavy on the pomegranate. You know what this tastes like? It's a popular drink I don't know the name of, but literally like that apple whiskey and cranberry juice that yeah. like is really popular in bars. I'm pretty sure it goes by like several names. Apple cran, please. I'm an apple cran. I would say this worked. It's pretty tart, like a sour tart heart candy. Yeah, definitely it hits the vibe of Valentine's Day. If you're looking to drink on Valentine's Day and be a little romantic and sweet, this is the drink for you this is insanely sweet what do you rate it i thought i was gonna love it so i'm kind of disappointed that it's really sweet i'm gonna give it a three out of five. Oh, that's still pretty high i'd give it a two but it's not nasty for valentine's day i think it's a fitting drink it's also a good looking drink it's aesthetically pleasing but sticky set the mood on valentine's day <laughs> <laughs> exactly are you ready for fun bloody facts very excited love that there's a whole movie around valentine's day that's horror there's actually a few of them there is i think this is the first one though yes give me the bloody valentine's facts according to neil affleck who plays axel the cast had no idea who the killer was during filming he says he figured it out though when he was fitted for a fake arm that's hilarious he's getting fitted for a fake arm and he's like huh suspicious when i read that though i was like what would make you think that you're the killer and not just someone getting amputated right because there's a lot of kills in here where howard gets his 
his neck snapped and stuff like that. And he didn't automatically think, oh, I'm the killer. <laughs> I get <laughs> right. my neck snapped. The movie was filmed at Sydney Mines, Nova Scotia, and was chosen because the town had a rustic atmosphere. But when the locals found out a movie was going to be filmed there, this is so sad. I think it's like cute, you know, like <laughs> it is cute. poor people. When they found out it was going to get filmed there, they spent 50,000 bucks to spruce the place up. The production company was like, what the fuck? We were choosing it to be ugly. So they ended up paying $75,000 to make the place look rustic again. First of all, what a waste of money. Second of all, this screams like we're having company. You got to clean up. <laughs> and then the company being like, no, we want it because your place is dirty as fuck. Yeah, I think what makes it sadder is this place at the time in the 80s allegedly was in a downfall. Like their mining and things like that was going through a lot of problems and the town was kind of going to shit. They even thought that filming here was going to bring tourism to help them improve the city again. And it ended up not helping much either. Really? It didn't bring like any tourism or anything? Because I feel like this is a cult classic. From what I read, not like what they would have expected. That is just sad all around. It is, yeah, because I can't imagine being like, people are going to come and it's going to be awesome, we're going to be popular, and then no. They're like, actually, we wanted your city to be shitty. Because it's the dirtiest, shittiest place we can think Miniest, of. Miniest, pollutinous, dirty, and the people are just Brutinous. sitting there like, okay, you could have stopped that rustic. Rustic was cute, okay. <laughs> Mahalka has come out and said he purposely wanted this film to break the teen slasher stereotype and make it about working class people with, quote, no hope of a better future except working in that shithole. Again, you so faced ass, fucking dirty ass, small town ass people. That's what the production company basically said. That's what the director said. Damn, these people just went in here roasting this whole town. Okay, so I would say they did not do a good job of it not being just another teen slasher because we figured it out, right? We're like, wait. They have to be 25, 27 years old about, and they're acting like straight up 16 year olds. Yeah, they're still acting like teenagers. So sure, they're working class folks, but they're portrayed like idiots. Yeah. Speaking of shitholes, the film was shot in an actual mine. And in order to avoid a methane explosion, they were only able to use specific types of lighting. Oh, really? Yeah. So the place could have blown up. This one's just fun. The film starts on Thursday, February 12th, which means that the next day, Friday, is the 13th. Oh, so cut to Camp Crystal Lake going through their shit show and then saturday over here their own shit show yeah yeah jason miss Voorhees, axel all in the same universe because this was in 1981 friday the 13th was released the year before john lennon had also just recently died when this movie was released because of all that backlash for friday the 13th john lennon dying they were like now is not the time for violent movies cut a lot so the mpaa was like we're gonna get rid of nine minutes i was looking at an interview from halka who was like they didn't even remove any gory shit like six of the nine minutes was like more exposition and storyline about the people's backgrounds they really only got rid of like three minutes of gore and it wasn't even like the worst gore they're like they just got rid of michael and harriet's graphic deaths right because you don't see them die you the just, impaling yeah which reminds me so much of what is it two yeah friday, friday the 13th two. Two. and i was like i wonder if they went the same route whoops the actress was underage we gotta kill them off screen that actress is definitely not underaged caddy she's not she does not look like a kid the other one did yeah that's all i got well i'm still sad still feel bad for those people yeah i think i saw recently that the actor who plays tj passed away like last week oh shit that's not good that's a sad fact i thought it was interesting because i feel like every time you know when you're covering a movie and you're like focused on it you're getting information for it is and like these stories about it just seem to pop up and it's only because you're like noticing it more because you're focused on it that's right i think when we covered evil bong with always room for more pod remember when we were talking about bill mosley and they were like it was his birthday like a couple days ago yeah right before that episode yeah it's funny it's just like little coincidences that happen when you're no they're not coincidence we're manifesting cool well it's my turn to do a speed run and i am not ready for it i can't grab my phone for a speed run <laughs> covered in okay i think i can do it with this hand ready go so we're introduced to valentine's blood 
off. We see two miners right away. They're going into a mine. They both get naked. One of them's like, hey, start smoking. Start smoking. Start stroking the mask. Is really into it. Gets impaled. We are introduced to these miners. They're all friends. There hasn't been a dance for Valentine's Day since 20 years ago after one guy went around killing everybody. He's warning everybody with chocolate boxes, puts hearts in them. And the town is like, no, let's have the dance anyway. And one by one, people get picked off. One, there's two characters who are fighting over a girl. It's really stupid. The one guy ends up... The, the two of them are like confusing because you think one or the, other, or the other is a killer. And again, people get keep getting cut off or uh, keep getting killed off. And then in the mine, we find out that Axel's the killer. The, he gets his arm chopped off. And yeah, the city's, or the city's like, fuck, he's back. And then he's like, I'm going to get you guys and runs off maniacally. Uh, you had 10 seconds left. Okay, sorry. I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to run out of time. I'm already tripping all over myself, just like Axel at the end of this. That was pretty good. You yes. a lot. I did. But that's basically what happens. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I could have gone into detail about Axel and TJ being shitty and Sarah being in the middle of it all. Oh, we will go into detail about that. It's a big plot point. Apparently, we could have had nine minutes more of plot points. But less gore. Less gore. More teenage people in their 20s. This is a small town, though. I can't imagine that there's anything else to do other than just have fun. Especially with everybody being, like, about the same age. They probably all went to school together and they're just friends all the way through. Yeah, I think that's, like, implied when they're, like, fighting over Sarah. Okay. Friends defy the rules of a legendary murderer and discover he is real when they start celebrating Valentine's Day. Nice. Finally got a short one. But IMD gives it a 6.3 out of 10, just for shits and giggles. Should have been a 6.9. Be on brand, guys. It's Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Missed opportunity. Are you ready to dive into this mine worth of murder? Yes. I like that this is a Canadian horror. It's the first time we've covered one. Is Nova Scotia in Canada? Nova Scotia sounds European for some reason. I think Nova Scotia is in Wisconsin. Canada. Canada. I don't know geography. You know that. TJ has a very thick Canadian accent. TJ's annoying. We open on two people dressed as miners walking through a set of dark tunnels. The two eventually stop and one begins to strip. It's a woman with a heart tattoo over her titty. It looks drawn in. This just reminded me of Moxie from Borderlands. I think Tiffany from Chucky because she also has like that it's a hot girl thing okay why don't you have one i'm not a hot girl you are i'm calling alex tomorrow for context alex is a tattoo artist <laughs> <laughs> it looks very fake very sharpie dead. yeah it's meant to get impaled in which i think is kind of cool speaking of impaled the miner stabs a pickaxe into the wall as the two start messing around the woman is seductively playing with the other miner's mask rubbing it when he suddenly picks her up and pushes her through the pickaxe that is stuck in the wall we have enough time through these intro credits to have her telling this guy like let's go let's get naked and he's like no 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 i'm good it's all about stroking the mask do That's your thing his specific cake yep because she's moaning and he's like yes and then he kills her you can see the fake skin poking before she's even like impaled out through her titty heart yeah they really emphasized it when they shouldn't have also her makeup looks like christmas it's like red and green really yeah. <laughs> wrong holiday guys get it together we get a title card that says my bloody valentine we get to a crew of men working in the mines they seem to be hazing a new crew member because they mentioned leaving him behind alone to find his way out the crew hits the showers where we get introduced to axel and tj and the crew keeps giving tj shit about leaving their small town and coming back tj's not exactly happy especially since he's found out that axel has gotten with his ex-girlfriend sarah while he was away should have never left home tj you went to california for what silicon valley isn't even a thing yet he was trying to get in on it 20 years before it even happened at the ground level (laughs) (laughs) he has this very weird possessive mentality him and axel over sarah after the showers the crew piles in the cars to race to the bar in town as some pretty intense banjo music plays we pass a town sign that tells us the town is named valentine bluffs a small town 
with a very big heart. It's cute. Cute. We also see a bunch of signs everywhere that say that the Valentine's dance is approaching, but the crew stops at the town union hall to pick up their girlfriends for drinks. The girls have been decorating the hall for a big Valentine's dance that is happening that Saturday. We learn it's the first one taking place in 20 years. Axel greets Sarah awkwardly as TJ is broody and moody in the background. Like, bro, go somewhere else. Like, why are you here? Everyone's here to see their girlfriend. You have your own car. You could have just been like, I'll meet y'all at the bar. I'll meet you at the bar. Good point. (laughs) One of the other dudes is like super tall and his girlfriend's short. Hollis? No, not Hollis. Hollis isn't the one that choke slams her? No. Picks her up by the head and kisses her. (laughs) That's not how I should be kissing you? No. Oh. I think it was John and Sylvia who did this. The tall dude, right? The tall dude. Very tall man. The tall, dull man. Picks up his tiny girlfriend by the head like a doll, kisses her, and puts her back down. Is she into it? I don't remember I mean, yeah, she like jumps up to greet him, but like as a couple, (laughs) how do you coordinate this? How does this become a thing? She jumps up to get her head caught by her giant husband, boyfriend. Could be her husband. They're fucking 30. We cut to Mabel, who seems to be in charge of decorating and putting together this entire dance for the town. She is speaking to the town mayor. He mentions he wants this dance to be perfect so that people forget the nonsense of the past. Again, alluding to the town having some, like, mysterious history. As he says this, one of the miners bursts through the door covered in fake blood. It's Howard, right? I believe it's Howard. The like foolish the, friend. The jokester. The mayor and Mabel brush him off and enter the union hall. We get an awkward exchange between the mayor and TJ where we learn that TJ is actually his son. He storms out and the mayor tells the rest of the crew that it's not his fault that TJ couldn't cut it in California and that as long as he's back in his town, he's going to be working in the mines. Way to put him on blast with everyone there. (laughs) Yeah, for real. I actually hadn't put two and two together that the mayor and this man were the same person. I was like, who is this man and why did he never show up ever again? I didn't realize it was his dad. It does suck to be TJ. Like you left your hometown and you couldn't cut it and you have to come back. They never even explain why. It's just very mysterious as to why he left. He literally just says he couldn't cut it or like he made a lot of mistakes. It's very vague. It's for the drama, okay? And there's no sequels to this, right? I think there is. Uh, like a My Bloody Valentine 2? Yes, I think there is. is. There? I wonder if we find out why. I know there's the remake in 2009. There's also the 3D remasters and shit. The 3D one I thought was this one again, but just in 3D. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> 3D because they tell us about TJ's background. They take us to California and they immerse us into his... Failure. Yes. You know, I really don't care about his background <laughs> story. I'm here for murder i'm just here to hate him more i mean yeah he's not great yet another bashing the boyfriends episode here on shaking not scared we're not great okay men are just they're not doing so great <laughs> some men the chief of police is also there to meet with the mayor and they're about to leave when one of the mining crew workers hands them a heart-shaped box of chocolates saying it was left for the mayor. Upon opening the box, he discovers a human heart with an ominous note. From the heart comes a warning filled with bloody good cheer. Remember what happens as the 14th draws near. He panics a little bit, but is still way too calm for my taste. Him and the chief together are like, oh, it's so sweet. Smiles all around. And then they're like, oh, fuck, it's a heart. Brings them down a notch. I mean, yeah, it'd kill my mood too if I found a human heart. Wouldn't it smell? And wouldn't it be dripping blood like all over when the dude handed it to them? Uh, questions. It would smell. Not like chocolate. Cut to the town bar named The Cage, and Axel and Hollis are playing the knife game or five-finger filet as Sarah watches. Just imagine being in a small town, and this is like your entertainment. Your boyfriend almost cutting his finger off. It's also the 80s. You can't even just sit there and be on your phone. Ugh, the worst. <laughs> Hollis and Axel are also just smiling and staring at each other heavily while doing it. Yeah, Kind of romantic. It is romantic, except Hollis is like way more calm, and Axel immediately gets too intense. The bartender is being super creepy and ominous and immediately gives up the dark backstory of the town. 
town. 20 years ago, the town was known for their Valentine dance. It was a tradition going back over 100 years. Everyone in town was at the dance with the exception of five miners and two supervisors. Excited to make it to the dance, the two supervisors leave early, but they forget to check methane gas levels in the mining tunnels, causing an explosion that trapped the miners. The town ignored their screams as they partied all night. The town searched the mines for the men for six weeks, and when they finally found them, only one survived by eating the corpses of the others. Harry Warden was then institutionalized. The next year, he escaped and got revenge on the two supervisors. He cut out their hearts and put them in heart-shaped boxes, leaving them at the dance. Warning the town to never have a Valentine's dance again. Every February 14th, Harry returns to town to terrorize anyone celebrating Valentine's Day. The bartender then warns against the Saturday party, and the crew ignores his warnings. Yeah, we didn't have to wait long to get that backstory. It was like immediately like, we'll tell you why this town is creepy. You say creepy bartender, but I thought this guy had all the common sense. Later, he ends up being insane, but... At this point, I was just like, he's telling them, like, yo, y'all are being fucking idiots. Stop. Heed my warning. He is really aggressive, though. He's like, fuck you, you stupid asses. Here's your beer. Yeah, I think in my notes I put down, he's, like, really rude to his patrons. I mean, it's the only bar in town. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) But I like how you're like, he seemed very reasonable until later on. (laughs) This is what I mean. I mean, he wasn't trying to kill them, though. He was just trying to scare them. I don't know. He seemed very unhinged to me. Again, he wasn't trying to kill them. He was just like, I'm going to show them that they shouldn't be stupid, which is a reasonable response because they are being stupid you could mind your business they're gonna get murdered anyways and now you got murdered for being nosy um yeah, yeah i guess he did instead the crew starts singing a song to harriet the barmaid saying that she's forever a virgin i thought this was like super awkward but it seems like they're all actually friends so it just seems like your friends like making fun of you making fun of you like inside joke type of thing yeah i think if she was just a stranger and these people were from out of town this is not okay this is not appropriate <laughs> while this is going on there's a ton of tension between axel sarah and tj so many stares so many moody looks sarah even has to pretend to want to go play music to talk to tj because axel is like super jealous and possessive <laughs> literally like five feet away from axel they're yeah. not even hiding it's like right there <laughs> gonna start fucking making out five feet from you dude she tries to get up and he's like where the fuck are you going like, what if i got a shit bro oh i was talking about tj being oh, weird no. they're both fucking weird because tj's also like got no damn business coming back to town acting like sarah's his exactly sarah tells tj that it's his fault that things are the way they are and that he needs to accept it tj leaves angrily saying he doesn't like things the way they are like an angry toddler i don't like it he's so brooding but it doesn't work it's like just asshole brooding it's awkward i think if i was sarah i'd be like fuck y'all both she does later but she does it too late her a minute a lot happens between then to have her be like fuck both y'all right the next thing we get is the mayor and the chief calling up the mental institution to see where harry is while a medical examiner looks over the human heart that was delivered to the mayor i'd like to point out that this examiner is straight up like touching the heart with his hands no gloves just making out with it a little bit i can tell that it's human (laughs) (laughs) okay i know there probably wasn't like fingerprints and dna evidence at that time but it still just feels gross to touch a human heart with your bare hands i'm picturing the tests here for whether it's human or not is like him like you said making out with it throwing it at a wall seeing how high it bounces kicking it a little bit throwing it in dirt and he's like yep that's pretty damn human those are the tests we have to run but after running his extensive test he explains that the heart really belongs to a woman in her 30s so it's not fake it's not a prop we cut to mabel at a laundromat which apparently she owns as a man breathing heavily behind a mask we assume leaves a heart-shaped box and every time there's like heart-shaped box anywhere my mind automatically thinks of that nirvana song the heart-shaped box song yeah apparently there's a band named my bloody valentine too that took the name because of this movie Ah. do they sing about the movie i don't know but bloody valentine's also a song by mgk it is megan fox 
places in it. Because every time I was trying to search something for this movie, that was the first thing that popped up. And I was like, I don't want any. <laughs> Fun facts about My Bloody Valentine. It's like, Megan Fox is in My Bloody Valentine? From 1981. <laughs> How old is she? Wow. She's a vampire. Damn, Jennifer's body really do be doing good stuff at Megan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Mabel opens the box. What's in the fucking box? I don't know if they show it really. Is it another human heart? I think she just is shocked. And gets an ominous note in there as well that reads, Roses are red, violets are blue, one is dead, and so are you. The lights then cut off in the laundromat. Mabel is attacked with a pickaxe. We get them kind of struggling for a minute, but it's not too long before Mabel is, uh, she's gone. She's no more. She's the only character aside from the mayor, the chief, and the crew that we ever meet in this entire town. It's just them and these three people. (laughs) The crew, the chief, the mayor, and Miss Osborne. Those are the only people that live in town. (laughs) Until later when they need a rescue crew and they're suddenly way more townspeople. They came from out of town. Fuck, I'd leave too if I were TJ. (laughs) There's three people here. We cut to the mining crew hanging out in a car junkyard. They're heating up meat or sandwiches on a car engine. As Axel is jamming on a harmonica, we get a point of view shot of the group to make us think that the killer is watching them but it's tj who joins axel in his harmonica jam session is that just what's it in canada like no one plays guitar or anything it's just harmonica (laughs) axel's doing his harmonica thing tj comes in with the octave lower and they start melting faces with their harmonica singing they heat up the sandwich with their melty ass tunes melty ass (laughs) (laughs) axel does not seem thrilled that tj is coming in and well he did just scare the fuck out of him so and he doesn't like him he's back for his girl is it implied they used to be best friends before this happened i think so i think hollis says it okay i like hollis hollis, hollis and patty cool. are like a way cooler couple in this movie they than... should have been the main characters hollis that... he could have put up a big ass fight earlier he single-handedly breaks up a fight between axel and tj no struggle no struggle at all and everyone's like okay yes sir tj mentions that they have a problem and axel says that there is no problem tj left and can't expect to just have sarah back tj says it's obvious who sarah wants to be with and axel storms off upset what what i don't understand tj's willingness to come back and be like i'm I'm the one who decides what's happening in this building. I'm the leader. I'm the one who gets to say who Sarah's into and who's not. Yeah, I really don't like his character. I get that he's supposed to be our hero, but... I didn't see him as a hero at all at any point in this movie. Okay, I get that we're supposed to be guessing if him or Axel is the killer throughout the entire movie. And you know what that means? That because he's so suspicious, there's no point, even after we find out who the real killer is, to trust him either way. Because he's just that suspicious. Why is he so shady about everything? The movie does it on purpose to be like we don't want the viewer to see who the killer is so let's confuse them with weird and shady behavior but that weird and shady behavior even when you find out he's not the killer is still like but why were you shady the whole time bro like <laughs> still off-putting yeah i just love that these people are supposed to be in their 20s and they're just having this very high school drama about like you stole my girlfriend we'll get into it in another scene but yeah tj's the worst so is Axel. Up to this point, Axel hasn't been shady himself. He has a reason to be defensive. It's like, I mean, I'm with Serena, dude. Like, TJ's trying to be a homewrecker. Yeah, but he is just too possessive. Grabbing someone by the fucking arm and being like, where the fuck are you going? When, I told you, Axel's also a piece of shit. I'm just saying that up to this point, he hasn't necessarily been positioned to be like the weird or sus character. TJ is here now trying to like tell him, hey, give me my girl back. And he's like, what the fuck does that mean, bro? You 
were gone for years. You're not my boss. That is one of the questions I had later on in the film. TJ's dad owns the mines. Axel tries to like tell TJ what to do or tries to give him an order while at work. And I get that he's probably like grounded by his dad. Like, oh, you don't get to take over the mines yet because you went away or whatever. And Axel's trying to like have that like I'm a boss over you kind of position. Outside of this place, TJ wants to act like he can tell Axel what to do. This is the position where Axel has the upper hand where he's like, fuck you, you do what I say or you get fired. But doesn't because then a supervisor comes in and is like, fuck both of y'all. You ain't even his boss. Why are you telling him what <laughs> to do? I'm the boss. Who are you? <laughs> Who the fuck are you? I just want to make it clear I wasn't defending Axel. Okay. Okay. Meanwhile, while they're having their teen drama, the mayor and the chief are trying to do some fucking work. They're still calling to figure out where Harry Warden is. The woman in charge of the institution does not give a fuck. And I'm like so surprised by her responses in this because she's like, eh his records are kind of missing he could be dead he could be in another institution like take your pig she's the april ludgate of <laughs> this institution <laughs> yeah she really is she's like this isn't the institution and ron swanson's behind her high-fiving because they didn't do any work seriously i think <laughs> it's super illegal to not know where your patient is no but the chief rightfully is upset and is like no that's not good enough call me back when you have some actual info and she's like yeah okay sure this movie is pretty fast paced so there's a lot of like no we're talking with these characters no we're talking with these characters because now we're here with sarah and patty talking about the dance sarah is upset about both tj and axel's behavior but patty is like trying to cheer her up telling her hey the dance is coming up put on your best dress just have a good time don't let either of them bother you fuck the boys yeah she said i got my whole dress on i'm gonna have a good time yes and her dress is like very conservative actually <laughs> i thought it was really funny that's her whole dress babe that's her whole dress. no judgment in a small town that's a whole dress <laughs> Did you see how much angle she was showing? Fuck. Oh my god. I mean, I'm surprised the mayor's still alive. <laughs> The next scene we get is the mayor looking for Mabel at the laundromat to discuss possibly canceling the dance. He can't find her, but finds it odd that all the heart decor has been turned upside down in the laundromat. The killer went around leaving clues. She's over here. The easiest of deciphering, he's like, upside down heart on this dryer? Upside down heart on this wall? What does it mean? <laughs> Opens the dryer underneath, nothing. And it's the one next to it. <laughs> yes, something clearly does not sit right with him as soon as he enters the laundromat. Smells good. Right after we get mabel's fried dead body plopping out of the dryer this was an interesting kill i'm also confused why she couldn't just push herself out but she's dead she's dead (laughs) (laughs) why couldn't she get out of the dryer herself (laughs) well because i was like we were in disney a few years back and And the shoe we put shoes in the dryer the door would open like every five seconds because the shoes were just pushing the door out disney has precautions so you don't put dead bodies in their washing machine yes because i see i think the door's locked on the dryers oh no yeah don't get any ideas students i know some of y'all listen maybe they don't lock anymore for that reason i mean they shouldn't they should because then your fucking shoes aren't drying (laughs) this is some pretty decent makeup too on her being murdered on her being crispy yeah Mm. do you think it would burn you that much i don't know this is kind of dumb but i was like i wonder if it was that hot you can open it and touch the clothes and it's not like on fire i don't know but if it's like just the dryer going off all night in heat also this is a small lady if she fit in a dryer because i can't fit in that dryer my whole upper torso didn't fit when i was trying to fix it i definitely definitely don't fit in a dryer husband (laughs) have you tested this (laughs) i'm too big i'm surprised you're not in the dryer right now (laughs) (laughs) well you heard it here first you know where to find me target with some starbucks (laughs) in the dryer (laughs) in the dryer at starbucks <laughs> what? That's what you're gonna tell police. <laughs> She's in a dryer at Starbucks. What? Starbucks have dryers? Cut to police with Starbucks cups. What were we here for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I don't know, but this mint chocolate chip latte is great. This cop, I don't know if he was problematic. Please tell me if he was. But he gives me like very like genuinely happy, positive vibes. Does he? Yeah, you don't feel that from him? He walks in there and is like, yeah, he's got a smile. He's very chipper. Like if I knew him, I feel like I'd be in a good mood all the time. I'd feel safe in his town. No, not safe, just happy. Because <laughs> everyone gets murdered. <laughs> he gives me Loomis vibes. Don't know. The mayor gives me Loomis vibes. This guy's fine. Vibes. Vibes. <laughs> <laughs> While this crime scene is being investigated, the mining crew is back at work. Axel is being a total jerk to TJ, almost causing a fight to break out between them when a supervisor comes in and just kind of sends TJ off. We already kind of talked about this scene. Some weird power dynamics going on here. I think this is when TJ goes off to then steal his girlfriend for the day. Yep, that's what you do. That's what you do when you get the day off work. Say, fuck you, not fuck you. I'm gonna go take your girlfriend. Yeah, just some more like alpha male bullshit. Girl mine, no, girl mine, no. This is a lot of fuck yous. I feel like that's your go-to when you're explaining like conflicts in a movie. <laughs> I mean, well, how else? None of the actual fighting matters. It's just fuck you and that's it. Is that all you hear when you hear yeah. fighting? <laughs> yeah. I don't hear any of it. I just hear, I no hear dialogue. I'm against you. Therefore, I hate you. <laughs> Back at the crime scene, however, the mayor and the chief are being a little shady and trying to hide everything from the town. They're instructing the ambulance to take Mabel's body out back so no one will see it. It's at this moment that the chief finds a note in Mabel's body saying it happened once, it happened twice, cancel the dance or it'll happen thrice. This guy used that Clarice Starling logic and was like, hold up, let me check the crevice in the body real quick where everyone else didn't. <laughs> this is where Hannibal left me a note. I like this Valentine's Day rhymes as a calling card. I think it's funny. I love that it's cheesy. I don't know. It works for me. It's punny. It's punny and dark. The mayor immediately goes into crisis mode. He is shutting it down. Shutting it down. All of it. But don't tell anybody. Take down all the decorations. But don't say why it happened. He closes up the union hall where he informs the rest of the dance committee that he is canceling everything in honor of Mabel's death. These kids are super disrespectful. They're like, fuck no. I just want to party. Miss Osborne would want it to happen. I'm thinking of Tammy and her friend. What's her friend's name? Jocelyn. She wants it to happen right now in her grave. I heard her say it herself. Yeah. <laughs> but they just don't give a fuck. Back with TJ, we find out he's shown up at Sarah's job and kidnapped her. I saw this and I was like, what? She's like, no, I don't want to go with you. Like, she's clearly and visibly upset that you're forcing her and he still does it. He takes her somewhere that has meaning to the both of them. Look at this romantic site and there's all these factories in the background. <laughs> I think what makes it worse is that he takes her somewhere that's like significant to the both of them. It's like a layer of like emotional manipulation as well. They have like a super vague conversation that honestly <laughs> He does not tell us anything and maybe didn't even need to be in this movie. She kind of tells him off in this scene saying like, This shit wasn't romantic five years ago. What the fuck makes you think it's romantic now? We are literally in a sea of factories. I'm getting cancer as we speak. They do kind of have a moment where she says, You never wrote to me. You never called me. What was I supposed to do? She has the right to move on. And they do. I think that's what like pisses me off so much about TJ is he expected time to stop in this small town for him. And when he came back, he could just have everything that used to be his. Like, that's not how life works, my dude. Earlier, his sentence of being like, I just don't like how the way things are. It's like, okay. Leave again, then. Grow up, dude. <laughs> you are 30. There is some, like, kind of bullshit apology from TJ where he's like, I couldn't cut it. I fell on my ass out there. I'm sorry. I made a lot of mistakes. Sounds like a personal problem. However, this does lead to them having a kiss. Sarah still definitely has feelings for him, but him leaving and then and coming back and being a giant asshole is not helping his case. Later at the bar, Axel is looking for Sarah and questions TJ about it. 
He says that Sarah is no longer his responsibility and he doesn't have to keep track of where she is, which is so shady because he literally just kidnapped her. Cut to Sarah walking home alone, so you couldn't even drop her off at her house. What a dick. Like, yeah. did he just show up at the bar and is like, okay, bye. It would be too suspicious if we walk in together, go home. That's where I'm parking. I'm not stopping at your house so you can walk home. I've got what I wanted. I got the kiss. Asshole. She's really upset about the kiss that happened with TJ and she's asking herself how she's going to tell Axel. We get another fake out jump scare of her running into the chief. He just tells her to go home safely. Back at the bar, the crew is planning to throw their own Valentine's Day party at the mines. They're all just like, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Nobody has a fucking house to go throw a house party instead of doing it in the mines. These people are 25 in the 80s. The town is just them and the chief and mayor now. Miss Osborne's done. <laughs> is it just a bunch of empty houses? You could just go claim one. Honestly, they're already at the bar. Why are they going anywhere else? You got what you need. The bartender is having none of it and warns against it. The bartender had actually planned a prank to play on the crew that night and sets up a dummy that looks like the miner. He sets up the dummy across from the mines in some like utility closet. It's like a dummy that has a pickaxe that goes up and down when you open the door. So he opens and closes it so many times. And he's so many. giggling. <laughs> he reminds me of the weird character from Friday the 13th. Yes. Having watched so much Halloween and so much Friday the 13th, this is exactly those movies. Just Valentine's Day. Yeah. Being too busy having fun though, he goes back to check one last time and the dummy this time is the real Harry Warding, quote unquote. He kills the bartender with a pickaxe straight through the face and he gets dragged away. And again, he would have survived if he just minded his own business. He's out here warning against Valentine's Day and is trying to like sabotage a Valentine's Day party. Like, just go even where he sits at the dummy, I'm like, were they going to go to this store? Obviously, they're going to go there to make out. Oh. That's another thing that bothers me about this movie, portraying them all as just like a bunch of horny teenagers that have nowhere to bang. And that's why they need to have this party. Like you said, they're like all almost 30. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it's a small town. There's nothing else to do. We get a title card explaining that it's Valentine's Day and the crew is setting up for the party in the mines. The chief is back at the police station after what seems like a quiet night. He's received another Valentine and he's worried that it's another human human heart however it's a gift from mabel before she passed away and he kind of is like oh yeah it's sad i'm telling you this guy's like a good dude he comes off that way at least to me i trust him back at the mines the crew is partying and having a good time one of the newbies goes to get a hot dog from the kitchen when he gets attacked by someone dressed like a miner he gets his face just pushed into the boiling hot dog water nasty not a way i want to go boiling hot dog water yeah it's pretty gross can i eat a hot dog while i'm getting my face boiled seems like difficult to do seems like it'd only kill you faster no 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 i'm gonna die I'm gonna die eating. The chief's about to leave for the night when he hears a bunch of dogs barking right outside the station. He goes outside and sees that they're eating something bloody out of a Valentine's box. One of the dogs is like, no, I'm not leaving. There's blood in this. <laughs> he finds a note in the box saying, you didn't stop the party. And we get a dramatic scene of him yelling, what party? I just love this, like, what party? <laughs> <laughs> like screaming into the void, <laughs> like, ah. Six times! <laughs> <laughs> Back at the party's tensions are getting too high with Axel and TJ. Axel's getting very possessive and Sarah doesn't like it. When TJ tells him to back off, Axel is pissed. But Sarah says she can speak for herself. TJ tells her to then use her mouth to speak the truth. The truth. TJ informs Axel that Sarah wants to get back with TJ. She wants me back, Axel. And he's like, the fuck are you talking about? Sarah's like, y'all are both acting like children. And then I think Axel says something. He's like, well, you love it. You love the attention. And part of me feels like she 
she does kind of like the two men being into her, but not all the awful male bullshit that's going on here. Right. A fight breaks out and Sarah is visibly upset. Hollis is able to break up the fight single-handedly and sends Axel away. TJ tries to apologize to Sarah, but she's over it. Very high school drama. On his way out, Axel, pissed and drunk, grabs another beer as he kicks the door open, flailing around, and then just cries outside behind the mine. Dramatically. I just love that Hollis literally grabs them both and is like, oh, you guys think you're so fucking tough and just breaks up the Chokes them out. Himself. Sleeper hold. That's what he should have done. Just knocked them all out. Yeah. Not until you figure this shit out are you allowed to wake up. We leave that couple's drama behind and go follow John and Sylvia, who have decided to go off somewhere in the mines to make out. Things are getting pretty hot and heavy when Sylvia asks John to go get some more beers. They're also messing with like the equipment in the mines. Ha ha ha. What does this time. button do? Yeah. What does that button do? It's not even like they're in the most exciting part of the mine. She's like, oh my god, this is your clothes. She's trying to get laid, okay? She's gonna act impressed by everything. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think he would have done it whether she was impressed or not. I think so too. John makes his way to the kitchen to go get them some more beers when he's interacting with the girls making the hot dogs. One of them actually finds a boiled heart. She doesn't know this, but it's actually a human heart. It looks disgusting. It, it looks, looks boiled. It looks like a piece of chicken that's boiled. It really does. John is distracted by this and laughing, saying that it's probably a prank that Howard or one of the guys try to play. He doesn't notice that Dave's body is right in the fridge as he's reaching for beers. <laughs> Do it for the beer. And to get laid. Yes. I don't think I've ever not looked in a fridge because this happens too often in horror movies where it's like, open the fridge, grab whatever you're looking for. Don't look inside. There's a dead body. Close get distracted door. by something else. Unaware of where anything I'm looking for is. So I'm going to look all the way around and still act like I can't find it and call out to Vivi and be like, where'd you put the pot of chicken that's in the middle of the fridge? A little behind the scenes. This drink was supposed to have bold chicken in it. Blood, orange juice. And Eric saw the label and just grabbed the first thing that was there and he brought back extra apple juice. Very organic. fancy. Okay, it was organic apple juice. It was. It was freshly squeezed. It was a late night and the thing said blood orange and it was right next to it. It was like apple was one and then right next to it was blood orange. So I was like, oh, perfect. It's like they knew I was coming. Yeah. Yeah. I had one job. It's okay. The drink is still pretty tart. I don't know that blood orange juice would have helped it. We'll never know. Back in the mine, Sylvia is having not a great time because she's starting to hear like strange noises, getting freaked out a little bit. The uniforms that are hanging from the ceiling start falling all around her. It's kind of cool. It's creepy for sure. The uniforms keep falling until the corpse of the bartender falls over her. And here he is. Like, surprise. Surprise, shoddy. And he's still yelling about them fucking throwing a party. He's like, I fucking told you. Look what happened to me. And then he dies. <laughs> I was just waiting to say I told you so. She is then attacked by the miner and her head is lifted up and onto a hook or shower head. It's a shower head. This is one of those things that I thought was going to be in the deleted scenes when I looked at the nine minutes. It's apparently not because we only get a backside view with the mouth and the shower head coming out. Yeah. I thought it would have looked cool to see this to show because it's fucked up in one filming of it they made it so that the water turned red that would have been cool to see but there's still shots of the full frontal view and it just looks like a dummy apparently it doesn't even look good oh that's probably why they did this then yeah they're like it's not good awkward but unfortunately for john he makes his way back to find sylvia he is excited by hearing the showers turn on thinking, oh yeah oh yeah that's exactly so how he sounds. awkward it was so <laughs> it's like did they not give him lines and they're like act excited and that's all he said just be horny and excited he's like oh yeah oh my god oh yeah i hate that so much all right all right all right all right all right <laughs> he said matthew mcconaughey got it <laughs> unfortunately he does not find a sexy surprise he finds sylvia's head 
attached to the shower and he totally freaks out understandably his reaction is actually pretty different than what i would expect usually it's like the boyfriend's like i'm gonna kill him and this guy's like visibly sad and upset about what happened he's crying and everything to the people in the party yeah better acting than the uh horny acting for sure all right all right all right (laughs) they killed her i'll never get laid crocodile tears back at the party hollis and patty are trying to cheer sarah up by taking her down to the mines (laughs) this would not cheer me up you know what we should do go into his job to a dark depressing dirty hole i think it's patty who's like oh my god hollis can't believe you work here he's like giving them the tour hollis is such a cool character i love hollis he's like the big bro of them all again liked him way better than our protagonist but they're also a really small town and if you've never been to the mines where everyone works you're like oh this is what everyone talks about it's also surprising that they would have waited this long to actually do something like this well as they're trying to leave tj's like hey where are you going and they're like oh we're just gonna go check out the mines real quick and he's like you know the rules there's no women allowed in the mines and hollis is like i'll beat your ass bro again (laughs) sit your ass damn you don't even go here who are you hollis patty and sarah are followed by howard mike or great value aston kutcher as i like to call him and harriet i took that feedback and i as i continue to watch i was like no look at the way he smiles but look at his nose yeah if he had a nose job he would look just like him in that 70s show or he doesn't last long enough to care i mean no because he dies like right away spoiler you're getting ahead of me everyone dies at the end all right all right all right all right but they get in the service train and they're treating it like a mini roller coaster like it's super fun to go down there to be fair when i was a kid and we would go on downhills in the car i'd be like woo to put my hands up so this is probably more fun than that small town fun once down there hollis decides to give the crew a tour as harriet and mike sneak off together back at the party someone has finally found dave's body in the fridge it took him way too long john has also burst into the room to tell everyone what happened to sylvia tj and axel are now both at the party again and instruct everyone to leave and tell one of the guys to go get the chief since there is a problem with the phone lines sobers the fuck up real fast stops crying tj informs axel that sarah is down in the mines and they have to go search for her fuck everybody else we gotta go get sarah or else what are we gonna find about later patty hollis and sarah are goofing off in the mines when howard scares them by hanging upside down harriet and mike are making out in the engine room as the rest of the group runs into harry who begins chasing them through the mines smashing light bulbs along the way back in town the rest of the kids have run into the chief they tell him that harry showed up to their party and just started murdering everybody <laughs> left and right tj has run into the group and informed them that dave and sylvia were murdered instructs hollis to find harriet and mike and for howard to stay with the girls howard's like what the fuck what am i supposed to do hollis finds harriet and mike in the engine room with a giant i think this is one of those rigs like a giant drill bit okay i had no idea what this was but i thought you know they were gonna screw how funny would it be if they were mm. impaled with that giant screw they were literally screwed to each other mm. romantic also i hope harriet wasn't like a virgin for real because that would suck <laughs> as he backs away in horror he runs straight into harry who proceeds to nail gun hollis in the head so sad i know i think had he not dropped his helmet because i think he was wearing one as he's trying to put it on is when harry takes advantage hollis is able to stumble back to the group but dies at their feet howard bails as he sees hollis and harry approaching in the distance sarah tries to get patty to run with her but she's too upset about hollis to run axel finally appears and drags the girls away from hollis in order to leave the mines i feel so bad for patty they like actually liked each other and everyone was just about the drama she has to see her boyfriend die in the mines who is the best person in this whole place the whole world also fuck howard just ditches them 
He knew that was going to happen. Howard is clearly the clown, and I'm surprised he's lasted this long. Yeah, that's what you get for tagging along, I guess. As Axel and the girls are sneaking through the mines, they hear someone approaching. Axel just grabs something to defend himself with and accidentally jams it into TJ. He's fine, though. He's just hurt. The two dudes decide to go get help for the others. They believe Howard is fine, that he's still running. Since Hollis was the one that found Harriet and Mike, they might not even be aware that they're dead yet. This point is all kind of like, go back and look for this person. Oh no, I don't know where this person is. It's really confusing because I think at one point TJ's with the girls. He's like, all right, go that way. I'm going to go this way. Sarah's like, why? <laughs> what the I fuck was are you like, talking about? Why? I literally wrote down for some fucking reason. He tells them to go off on their own. He doesn't even say why. We rewinded it twice because we thought we missed it. And he's just like, I'm going to go this way. And they're like, why? though because <laughs> i gotta make you think i might be the killer duh the chief has finally arrived on the scene and is calling for backup but the group in the mines have made their way up to the elevators however the control panel has been smashed by harry and there is no other way out except for this super tall ladder which i would also hate i don't blame patty for really? them freaking out about the height of this thing really i mean she's been through a lot she literally just saw her boyfriend die she says she's scared of heights and i think that's the biggest reason but like honestly if she hadn't been scared they'd have been fine they would have all just gone upstairs they wouldn't have been fine the group is climbing sarah keeps yelling at axel to slow down because they're way behind him she is then instructed to help patty because she's just freaking out way too much since axel is the first one up the ladder he's the first one to see howard's body drop off the side his body drops so hard that his neck snaps on a rope and the rest of his body drops down to the floor yeah it's pretty fucking gruesome it is because it sputters blood at the girls and they're like nope going back down <laughs> freaking out the group decides they need to find another exit in the panic axel volunteers to stay behind and keep an eye out for harry as the others try to escape literally two seconds later we hear what sounds like an altercation or a fight when the group runs back it appears as if axel's body has fallen into this pool of water when the girls are freaking out and telling tj to go help him tj's like it's deep that's 60 feet deep he's dead he doesn't try that hard granted <laughs> no. he's like no, 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 he's dead he's fucking dead let's just keep going if he has just fallen in you could literally like stick your hand in and probably still find him i just like him if i'm totally honest <laughs> the group continues to search for an exit for some reason tj sends the girls off alone as a bunch of rubble starts to fall around him the girls have even worse luck as they run straight into harry who's stabbed patty in the gut as they round to the corner sarah's alone and has no time to react as she runs from harry we get a jump scare as sarah runs straight into tj who's injured from the falling rubble outside the rescue party is finally making their way into the mines and this is of no help to sarah and tj because they're now face to face with harry they try to ride the service train out of the mines but harry's right behind them climbing tj and sarah are acting like the trains moving like nobody's business and harry's just walking just upright over. <laughs> it's very cartoony feeling to me like i feel like i've seen this bit in old cartoons high speed train chase yeah harry finally attacks tj with the pickaxe when sarah thinks quickly and hands him a shovel so he's blocking with the shovel they fight off of the service train and roll to the side i would say she does not think quickly because she's just like oh my god here take that you you take care of it keep, keep fighting. fighting i'll be over here <laughs> Thanks. Let me know when this is all over. The service chain has made its way back out of the mines and the search party sees it and sees that no one's on it and they're like, oh shit, someone is down here. So they hurry up. It took them way too long to go down there. They did the best they could because they could have been like every other horror movie and just showing up after the fact. They did. They did nothing. But more after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> they could have been 20 minutes later. Yeah, because they still got a chance to see the killer. I'm talking about like when it's just everyone's dead and then the cops show up and they're like, oh, what happened? Killer's gone. Yeah. Harry corners TJ and Sarah in 
into a mine that looks like it has no apparent exit. Harry, in his rage, is destroying everything and rubble is crashing down around them. Harry has finally gotten the upper hand on TJ and is about to finish him off when Sarah decides to unmask him just for the hell of it to distract him, I guess. Again, this is just like Halloween. This is just like Friday where the final girl just like unmasks the killer, trying to distract him. Surprise! Axel's the killer and he's alive. What? Crazy. Didn't see it coming. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that we suddenly get this whole flashback of trauma from Axel because he's like frozen in place when she finally does this. He's staring off and we get flashes to when he's a kid under a bed covered in blood. When Harry, the original killer, kills his dad in front of him, it's like Silent Night, Deadly Night. He's got this whole traumatic child thing, but this is the only time we have any inkling of Axel being mentally unstable. Yeah, there's no like, no hint of this at all. Revealing his true identity distracts Axel so much that TJ is able to get the jump on him using a giant rock to push Axel back. Axel falls and because he's been tearing away at all the rubble around him, the mine crashes around him. TJ and Sarah are able to escape and are immediately met with the way too late rescue party. The chief informs the mayor, TJ and Sarah, that Harry Warden died five years ago. The mayor is super confused and is like, well then who was murdering everybody? TJ informs him that it was Axel and the mayor is like, oh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. He did witness his dad's brutal murder 20 years ago. They go in to investigate the mine because they believe they found Axel's body. Sarah insists on seeing him, but we discover that only Axel's hand was trapped in the rubble and the rest of him got away. The whole Axel. <laughs> Minus a hand. He escapes through the mine saying some crazy shit. Harry, wait for me. I'm going to join you. He's also singing a song with lyrics that say, Daddy's gone. And he ends it by saying, Sarah, be my bloody valentine. Valentine. He's cackling totally unhinged as we get the end credits and a very campy 1950s song about <laughs> Valentine's Day. I think it's weird that Axel's completely unhinged from this point on. Like, has he just been hiding it this whole time or was this the breaking point? Like, what? Yeah, was TJ coming back and trying to take his girlfriend the breaking point? Or was that he was just going through the motions of that to distract from the fact that he was murdering everybody? Does he just attack anyone who's celebrating Valentine's Day? Like, if you're a couple and you're trying to bang, like, he's just gonna murder you because it's Valentine's he shows up behind your car automatically, summoned by the sexy times on Valentine's Day. Aren't all killers just summoned by the sexy time? I don't know. I like it, though. It's probably one of the best holiday horrors. Yes, you brought it up earlier, but it has very similar vibes to Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night came out three years later in 84, but still, maybe even Silent Night, Deadly Night took inspiration from this. Yeah, I think it's just really fun. It's not anything groundbreaking. They literally took the format for Halloween and Friday and just applied it to Valentine's Day, but I appreciate it. What would you rate it? I am going to give it a 7.5. Effects are pretty decent. I enjoy the killer's calling cards. You hate Axel and TJ, so even though their drama is so petty, I'm like here for it. It's just, <laughs> I do enjoy me some petty drama. I give it a 7. I don't like either of the two main characters, Axel being one of them, but I also don't like the way that Sarah ends up with TJ anyway. Like By they default, walk off, like they end up together due to trauma bonding but i don't think that sarah is better off with tj either way sarah should go somewhere else. sarah should go to california she needs to go try to make it on her own <laughs> fuck yeah she needs to get away from the small town do you want to tell me what scared loki about this movie yeah so he was jealous because some dogs in the movie got to eat raw heart and he has not been able to do that he loves him some good raw heart. Oh, yeah. Loki can't be bougie. Again, it's his birthday. He's going to get some treats today. Not raw heart like these dogs, but do you want to tell us about it, Loki? Loki. 
It's okay. It's your birthday. We'll get you something to eat too. And we'll cook it. Maybe. Because you're bougie. You're two years old. You're a whole 20 whatever old man. We were trying to do like calculation of dog years. Google was like, he's nine. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure he's in his 20s. I know my dog and he's in his 20s. (laughs) (laughs) He has that aura of being lost and confused in life. He's literally working in the mines right now. That's another thing that bothered me about this. And I think we've talked about it quite a bit. But if the murders happened 20 years ago, we figured that Axel and this group is about like 25, 27 acting like this. That's true. The kid being, what, five, six, seven years old? Yeah, he's like in his late 20s. And they're all still like worried about where they're going to get their next beer, where they're going to fuck. Like, You don't do that? You don't sit around worrying about where you're going to get your next beer and no, where you're going to fuck? No, because I have a home. And I know that that's where I'm these still two lost. things are. <laughs> Are coming from <laughs> what <laughs> this is a family podcast i don't know what okay. you're talking about we're just friends just friends yeah that's all i have to say the director was trying to get away from that whole like teen slasher but it definitely felt like a teen slasher so fun fact at the end look at that i was reading on an interview with the director allegedly they wanted a sequel to happen but the sequel was denied because the director was like yeah the person who wanted to pick it up 10 years after the first one wanted the sequel to be teenagers and like sex and like the typical stereotypes of slashers and he was like nah fuck you but this is like typical nah because they're teenagers i wanted them to be adults and doing that stuff it's different okay when they're old and depressed that they work there if anything the next one should be seniors senior citizens senior citizens just doing it on valentine's day and one of them's the killer interesting have we seen that in a horror movie i was gonna say is there a horror movie centered around senior citizens that seems like untapped potential oh the taking of deborah logan is a play on like an older protagonist oh wait, is it really she's mm. like a character that's going through alzheimer's that one's pretty good it's got some decent scares interesting i should watch that does that pretty much wrap it up here for us yeah happy valentine's day happy valentine's day i hope you all get very romantic don't murder nobody don't get pulled in by your ex's toxic ass masculinity masculinity or their masculinity just don't let anybody be toxic to you have a best valentine's day even if it's just you by yourself enjoy your day off from people drink this drink it'll help yeah but as always we hope you guys had a good time here with us you can follow us pretty much anywhere at shaken not scared pod except twitter twitter is shaken scared pod you can send us an email at shaken not scared pod at gmail.com support the show on patreon you can get early access to episodes or a bonus episode and theme drink idea every month listen wherever you get your podcast give us a follow check out our drink videos on patreon right now we're trying to pick which movie to do for february so if you want to get in there and tell us what to watch do it now like right now because it's the middle of february what's on the slate oh we're choosing between gerald's game my bloody valentine the 2009 remake and valentine which is a another valentine horror that i've never seen yeah go out there and vote be sure to like rate review all that good stuff and kate thanks bye bye